Welcome to Fintech Chat and News, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Hello and welcome to another Fintech Shot brought to you by Fintech Chatter Podcast, the podcast where we cover all things fintech down under. I'm your host, Dexter Cousins, and today's dose of positivity and fintech good feels is coming from Stockspot. I'm joined by friend of the show, fintech OG, Chris Brighty. He's the founder and CEO of Stockspot. And Chris, you've got some amazing news to share with us today. Uh, yes, I do. Well, yeah, thanks, first of all, having me back on the show. It's good to be back on and, and in a positive, uh, you know, in, in a positive news story, because it's obviously a pretty difficult environment generally for all sorts of tech businesses, particularly uh, fintechs at the moment. So, yeah, we, we've got some great positive news, which was that we've just um, yeah closed a funding round for our business. We raised $28 million from a, a large a global strategic investor, actually. So a bit of a different type of investor to, a, I think, a lot of, uh, yeah, your, your listeners would be used to hearing about in the fintech space. Um, yeah, which is great news for our, our business. It gives us more capital to grow. Um, it, it's great news for our investors and, and shareholders. And, and, and certainly it's great news for our customers because we can continue to build some yeah good good new products. Well, first of all, Chris, major congrats because raising 28 million in this market is like raising 200 million two years ago. Right, yeah. And to put some context around this raise, Chris, if you look at the investment market for fintech here in Oz, last quarter, so that's Q2 of 2023, investment numbers were approximately 90% down from where they were the corresponding quarter in 2023. And if you go further back, I think the numbers that we saw last quarter were the lowest we've seen since 2017. So big, big, uh, I guess, vote of confidence from investors in the stock spot team, the business model and yourself, Chris. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah, we're, we're sort of the Stephen Bradbury of, of fintech. We were kind of quiet in the bull market years when everyone else was back raising those big $200 million rounds. Um, and then just trying to position our business for, you know, t- tougher times, knowing that the good times don't always last forever and, and you need to be able to survive in the good times and bad times. So, yeah, we spent the last few years, as we've discussed many times at conferences, really just focusing on building a sustainable business, you know, making sure we had real revenues, making sure that we could grow without relying on big marketing budgets, you know, that we had a, a great team of people and that, yeah, a, a good long-term, um, you know, proposition for, for customers. So we put all the hard yards in over the last 10 years to get here. And, yeah, it's nice to be recognized by, yeah, I mean, for us, not a, a venture investor and happy to talk about our, our fundraising history and, and learnings, but actually a strategic investor that really sees the value in what we've built and can see, yeah, benefits from what we've built in potentially, you know, helping them in global markets. Well, we're going to talk about that in a moment, Chris, but I always take it for granted because I've known you so long and I'm a Stockspot customer that everybody might know what Stockspot do, um, but some of our listeners might not. So would you mind sharing with them the big problem that Stockspot solves and who your customers are? 
Um, sure. Yeah. So in a, in a very simple sense, we Stockspot is an online platform that helps people um, invest in, in a sensible, diversified strategy to grow their wealth. So we're not a stockbroking platform or a crypto trading platform. We're, we're not a, a platform to help people get in and out of markets and try and time which stocks to buy and when to buy and when to sell. It's very much a long-term wealth accumulation platform. Um, and, and we make sure that people have a a very balanced, diversified portfolio so they can weather ups and downs in markets, which we've clearly seen a lot of over the last few years, and, and just grow their wealth in a you know sensible, um, long-term way. So um, yeah, the, the gap I saw in the market was that you know, in the past to, to get a, a portfolio like this, you needed a lot of money. So you needed to have probably a million dollars to see a financial advisor or a wealth advisor and get a professionally managed portfolio. Um, so it was really out of reach of a lot of people. And, and then the only option a lot of people end up falling back on is online stockbrokers where they have to do it all themselves. And, and from my experience and, and seeing others try and do this with, with you know, less finance, um, you know, background, it's very tricky. It's risky. A lot of people aren't successful. They take too much risk. You know, they fall for, unfortunately, all the, all the traps of getting too excited in the bull markets and loading up on tech stocks and, and, and then getting worried when markets fall and selling out. So behaviorally, it's very difficult to manage your own investments. Yeah, in, in tough markets, if we can lose less, you know, that's important because it lets you sleep at night and, and hopefully allows you to, you know, stay invested through the tough times. So, you know, what we saw in 2020, 2021 was a lot of retail investors who got very excited about markets and, and were trading their own money, you know, take risk at the wrong times and then lose a lot of money. And I actually saw a great stat uh, recently showing how many billions of dollars were lost um, by Robinhood investors. And that's the big trading app in the US. And, and actually, even though markets are much higher than they were a couple of years ago, um, on average, people have lost money, not made money on that platform. And it's actually consistent if you have a look at some of the CFD platforms in Australia, which are the platforms for like high high risk margin trading, something like 70 to 85% of customers lose money on those platforms. Um, and yet I think when most Aussies think about investing, they're the sorts of platforms that they you know see advertised on TV. They're the ones sponsoring the big sporting clubs and stadiums. And so they're the brands people are familiar with, but actually you know, it's more like, you know, gambling at a casino and playing blackjack if you're, um, you know, on those platforms. And, and it's the furthest thing um, from, from really investing. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your investment partners now, Chris. Um, a few years ago, I think you and I were chatting at an event and we were talking about the growth and, and potential scaling opportunity for, for Stockspot and, and the business model that you had and your, your strategy to growth. Um, and I remember somebody joined the conversation and started to talk about uh, the benefits of VC and how you should look at that path to scale. To me at the time, it didn't seem like the right path for you to take. And I think I might have even said to you that I, I felt perhaps partnering with a wealth management firm um, who would benefit from and wouldn't have the type of product that you were putting to customers and where you'd benefit from distribution might be a better better option. So do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about how you came to decide on your investment partners? Sure. I mean, I guess touching on the strategy we didn't go with, which is what you, you've mentioned, I think a lot of um, you know businesses that take venture investment 
you know, follow the model of, you know, they find a product that, that works and, and has some fit with customers. And then the, the venture business provides them with a huge amount of capital to just, you know, the terms often blitz scale. So just scale as quickly as possible, acquire as many customers. And, and, and it's a bit of a turf war to, to win as much market share as possible often at the expense of like sensible unit economics or really having a, a sensible commercial model. And, and I think that really got extrapolated in the period of very low interest rates. And I think we've even discussed this in the past, Dexter, and, 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 and you know, a high amount of venture capital money slushing around. And so, you know, it, it actually made it difficult for businesses with a, a sensible um, financial approach to acquiring customers because, you know, they were just blown out of the water by businesses that really had no um, real desire to make the economics work in the short term. So a lot of these products that offered just free free trading, are a great example where, you know, they, they, they didn't really have the economics to work now, but they were hoping to in the future. So that I always believed for our business wasn't the right model because wealth management, in my view, is something that you have to build trust with customers over a long period of time. And just going out and doing a huge amount of marketing to acquire customers, unless you can keep them and retain them and educate them, isn't going to be worthwhile. So, you know, we didn't go down the route of raising a lot of venture money early. And, and yeah, I mean, we've been around now for 10 years and this is the first big round of capital that we've raised. So we've grown a lot more organically over the 10 years by just focusing on building a good product, building, you know, relationships with our customers, um, you know, making sure we're providing them with great service. So they're referring friends and family. And that's actually our biggest source of new customers is just referrals. And, you know, I always believe if you can get that engine humming, then you're creating a much more valuable long-term business. It's unfortunate probably for the listeners that, yeah, want to start a business and, and uh, flip it in two years because although you can get lucky with the timing of the market and some people are able to do that, like generally that's not how it works. And, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it goes to always the the goals and ambitions of the people starting these businesses. My, my goal was never to start a business to sell it in a couple of years. You know, I wanted to, you know, build something great and, and I knew it was going to take a long time. Chris, I'm a big admirer of the way that you've gone about building Stockspot and and the product. Could you tell us a little bit more about your strategy? Yeah, I mean, I think our business philosophy just aligns quite consistently with our investing philosophy, which is, you know, long-term, disciplined, diversified, and and just, you know, you know, sticking with the, you know, the same strategy regardless of the market noise. And so I think it's very difficult. I mean, it's difficult as a business to to block out the noise and be really focused because just like it is for investors, there's always temptations to jump onto other bandwagons and, you know, they can look very attractive in the short term. So, you know, there was a point in time where a lot of robo advisors globally um, jumped on the bandwagon of offering crypto trading and, and stock trading, you know, and I think, you know, it made sense for them commercially because there was a lot of opportunity to cross sell into their customers and offer different products. But, you know, we chose not to do that because I didn't think it was the right thing to do for our customers you know, offering crypto trading in 2021, I think was the worst thing that, you know, robo businesses could have been offering to their customers because, you know, 90% of those people or, or even more would be underwater now. Whereas if they just stuck with their strategy, they, they wouldn't be. So yeah, we, as a business, we, 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 I guess, naturally fade things that are very exciting because we know that there's a level of mean reversion. Um, but at the same time, we try and encourage our clients to, you know, block out the noise of market worries when markets fall, because we know that will always turn around as well. It's difficult. It's difficult as a business, just as it is, at, you know, as you'd know from the, you know, the times where you felt like you've been missing out of investment opportunities, 
you know, in the bull markets of 2007 or, you know, 2020, um, it, it's tough to stay on the sidelines when, um, you know, your friends and family members and people around you that you, you question their investing ability are making a lot more money than you are. So I think that's always the hardest um, is when you see people around you doing very well and making more than you and you're like, these, these people aren't any smarter than me. What's going on? Maybe I should be doing that. The temptation is very strong. It is, it is. And it's one of the reasons why I think I really love the stock spot product because I don't have to think about any of that, Chris. Well, it's, yeah, it's very much designed as a set and forget investment. And, and yeah, we don't try and make false promises that people can expect a 30% a year return. If, if people are looking for ultra high risk, we're definitely not the right product for that. Chris, I think every founder out there's, you know, now having to find ways to do more with less. You're somebody who's bootstrapped from day one. You've run, you've continued to run a really lean ship. You've managed to get maximum amount out of every dollar. What tips have you got to share with fellow founders? Well, yeah, first of all, on, on your first point, it's exactly right. Not only is it the mentality, I guess, of businesses, and you're probably seeing it through all of your clients and the types of people they're trying to recruit. Um, when Mirai, the global asset manager that just invested in us, was looking at our business, one of the feedbacks that I consistently got from them was that they were very impressed by our efficiency. Now, that's not a word you would have heard a few years ago. Um, and, and certainly our our growth rates weren't, you know, astronomical like some of these other startups, but we were consistent and we were efficient. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's what I'm very proud about in our businesses. I think we've been the most efficient robo-advisor in the world. You know, we're not the biggest and we haven't grown the fastest, but we've certainly, you know, been a good guardian of the money that our investors have trusted us with and made sure that we've spent it wisely and sensibly. Um, you know, and, and I think in the current environment, that's a lot more important. Um, yeah, in terms of marketing strategies that that um, work, I mean, I think marketing is very closely entwined with the product that you're building. And so, you know, you can't really separate marketing from product. And unless your customers are having a great product experience, no amount of shouting from the rooftops is going to attract customers because you might get them into the top of the funnel, but you'll lose them, you know, some way through. So, you know, we, we really think about marketing in a very holistic way. And it's not just about how many eyeballs we can get to the website, but, you know, how many people we can bring on that whole journey and then keep on the journey. Because for us, that's just as important as getting people to start investing is keeping investors invested in the long run. It's important for them, um, you know, for their own wealth accumulation. It's certainly important for us because, you know, our, our margins are very low. So for us to earn any revenue, we really need our clients to stick with us um, for the long run. Um, so yeah, we, we focus as much on retention as we do on acquisition. How do we keep our customers? And you spoke a little bit about of like the education and the content we're writing, you know, for us, that's about retaining and, and looking after customers. And I think in the current market environment, especially when growth rates are less, it's something that listeners should be thinking about is, you know, how much effort should they be putting in retention versus acquisition? Because there's a point in the cycle where your growth slows and retention becomes as important, if not more important than acquisition. And for us over the last year, that's, you know, that's been really a big focus for us. Um, so, so yeah, think about marketing more holistically. And then in terms of marketing strategies, I mean, yeah, I think our, our learning is that you don't need to spend a lot to have great results. And actually a tight budget can just make you hyper-focused on, on being sensible and efficient with the money. Um, 
you know, we're in a good position now where we can afford to spend a little bit more because we've got a new investor on board who wants us to spend more, but we'll still be really conscious of, you know, not blowing up our budget in areas that aren't going to have impact and, and really doing a lot of test and learns. And that's probably, our, you know, the other tip, tip I have is, you know, just test everything, you know, make sure that you've set up tests in a way that you can actually measure results and don't ever do anything that you can't have a, a way of measuring the impact because you just don't know whether you can scale it up or, or you need to scale it down. You know, measurement is really critical and, and um, if you can't measure it, don't do it. As I mentioned, Chris, you run a pretty lean team at um, Stockspot. But I'm sure with this investment, you're going to be looking to add to it at some point in the future. We have amazing talent. Listen to this show. Um, what kind of people would you be interested in hearing from? Well, first and foremost, people that are really passionate about in, investing and help helping people invest. I mean, that's probably my observation of the the people in our team that have had the most success and, and, and have the most impact are people that are really passionate about our cause. Cause I think, you know, a, a lot of the other things can be taught or, you know, people can learn, you know, fintech's a bit of a unique space where, you know, I don't think there's any industry where people sort of naturally come into and already know a lot about. So there's always a lot to learn, which is, you know, great. Um, in, in terms of the types of roles, I mean, we'll certainly be focused on building out the growth side of our business because, you know, we're very lean overall, but we've only got really two people in marketing in our business. And so, you know, marketing is an area that I think we can keep keep on investing in. But yeah, marketing for in our business goes hand in hand with like the education and content side of our business. And so, you know, roles in, you know, uh, writing and helping people understand investing um, better will be roles that we're hiring for, you know, and, and managing campaigns, not only to acquire new customers, but to also educate and retain existing customers. So, you know, they're, they're some of the roles we'll, we'll be looking to hire in the near term. Um, you know, technology roles as well are important for our business. So because we need to continue to build and maintain the platform, um, and, and so, yeah, you know, te technologists that are passionate about investing is the, is the other group. And where can people find out more about Stockspot? Well, on our website, it's probably easiest, Dexter, just stockspot.com.au or, or um, certainly listeners can reach out to me on social media or on, on Twitter under Chris Brikey or the Stockspot handle um, or, or LinkedIn as well. Well, as always, folks, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you're new to the show, please give us a follow on your favorite podcast player. And if you're in the mood, leave us a review. It really helps me promote great founders like Chris. If you're coming back, thanks so much for your support. It really does mean the world to me. Until the next episode, stay safe. Fintech Chatter is brought to you by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. We find world-class leadership talent to build world-changing fintech ventures. And you can find us at tier1people.com. <laughs>